And welcome back to Between Two Therapists. I am uh, one of your co-hosts, Todd Drazine, along with my lovely wife, Elizabeth Gritchko Drazian. We are both therapists. We are both married to each other, and we both have children. And uh, we are doing this podcast uh, to uh, attempt to talk about the things that happened to us and uh, our views from uh, the perspective of uh, a married couple, parents, and of course, of course, uh, being therapists. And uh, today is Valentine's Day, and we are um, back here two weeks after our last podcast. We said we would do try to do this weekly, um, which we didn't do last week, but it's better than uh, waiting five months. So, um, hello, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, Thank you for, for being with me today on Valentine's Day. You never call me Elizabeth. I know. I mean, I call you Liz, but I, I felt That's like when you're mad at me. I call you Elizabeth when I'm mad at no, you? No, you call me Liz when you're mad at me. Oh. Well, I'm not mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a podcast like when we're mad at each other. I uh, know. And that's fighting. That's a really bad idea. Oh. Why is it a bad idea? Because <laughs> uh, you can't take back what you say on a podcast. That's true. But I think it would be interesting to to record a not like a, a fight where we're yelling at each other, but a, a, maybe a conflict. Sure. So maybe we can think about that for future shows. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh huh. Big news: we have five listeners. Whoa! I have no idea who they are. That's one I think more than one more than not one four. More, there's four. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, I was, uh, it's a show on basic math. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Not my strong suit. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I have no idea who these people are. Uh, I think we have some listeners in other countries. Oh. And um, and I think one listener that I, I know of might be my sister. So shout out to... <laughs> To you, Lori, for listening to the to our podcast, and <laughs> I've not received uh, any emails from anybody, uh, but I'm going to encourage anyone who's listening. Uh, if you have a question about uh, marriage, a question about relationships or parenting, um, please send them to uh, my email, tdrazian at gmail.com. So uh, Valentine's Day, what do you think? What do you think of Valentine's Day? Do you think? Uh, it's an important holiday. Do you think it's just something for Hallmark to make money and candy companies? I mean, what, what are your, I have a couple of thoughts, but I want to hear yours first. Oh, okay. Well, um, yeah, I think it's definitely commercial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's changed over the years, my viewpoint of it. Of course, when I was single, it was awful. <laughs> 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 right? It's like a desperate or, you know, Cues a groan response, like uh, mm. you know, it's, bring out the Ben and Jerry's. I know that's cliche, but it's true. I have a a memory of you uh, eating Ben and Jerry's. Eating Ben and Jerry's. Wait, was that last night? <laughs> uh, um, I have a memory. Um, you remember we uh, we met at work? Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I do remember that. Okay, so you remember that our our boss at the time, Kelly, will, yes. will protect her identity by not. Uh, divulging her last name. Uh, Kelly, when you were hired, uh, I 
you know, I, as you know, I was uh, attracted to you from the get go and, uh, but was afraid to talk to you. Hmm. And, um, I remember Kelly saying, I really like Liz. Uh, and the reason why she liked you was apparently you had made a comment about being like something that was negative on love. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought on my interview, yeah, <laughs> my interview <laughs> that really resonated with her for some reason. And I remember thinking, well, man, I'm kind of I think of myself as a bit of a romantic. You are a romantic. And I thought, yeah. well, you know, she's not going to dig me if she's really against the whole <laughs> love thing. And uh, that, and then when I, I found out you were were Catholic, I'm like, this is just not going to happen. I love hating Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I, I think I would say that your views of, of uh, love relationships and Valentine's Day. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, once we found each other, of course, mm -hmm. it was very different. But mm -hmm. before that, it was, I don't know. I, I didn't date a lot. Anyone who may listen to this that knows me mm. <laughs> from my past, <laughs> I didn't date a lot. I didn't really have a lot of, or really any boyfriends. So I was always the fun friend the girl that was funny you are fun and funny she was like the friend you know that's like the role you fall into yeah i was that too i was mm -hmm. the the uh i had a lot of female friends as you know when you met me i think i had mostly female friends yes. and uh women always seemed to like me because they like talking to me mm -hmm. but they never seemed to really want anything more than just a right. a friend so you know but hey here we are. So, you know. <laughs> so yeah, to answer your question, I, I obviously enjoy the holidays since we've been mm -hmm. together. We've had some really good Valentines over the years. We've gone on trips. We've done things so with COVID. We've had kind of a homemade one with our kids, of course. That was fun. Mm -hmm. This morning we had a good time dancing. We to did. Schmaltzy music. I, and that is an observation that I was thinking about. Um, Valentine's Day used to be an adult holiday, mm -hmm. or at least it was intended. Right. It seems like it's become more of a family holiday. Family. It's becoming yeah. like not obviously at the level of. It's not just romantic love. Right. And so like, I don't remember as a kid getting cards from my parents and oh, candy. I did. Um, <laughs> my mom used to send me Valentine's Day cards as an adult. That's creepy. <laughs> now there is a topic. <laughs> Uh, next week we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so now it just seems like it's become more, more, uh, like with anything, it's just the, somehow the, the kids get worked into it and yeah. it becomes about yeah. candy and, but you know, that's not to say in a relationship, a marriage, whatever partnership you, you really, if you have children, you really do need to carve time out for each other. I think that's. With the pandemic too, that's been hard. Maybe in the on the in the onset of it, during the onset of it, people were struggling to find ways to cohabitate for months on end mm -hmm. and still have time together or not, depending on what was going on in the relationship. Well, you would say that, right? As a couple of couples counselor, you need to always carve out that time together. Yeah, I, I do talk about carving out time for each other. And if a couple has children, you know, it's I think it's harder to do that. But I still push couples to find time for themselves. Um, 
And uh, so, what do you recommend during pandemic? During a pandemic, where you literally can't go anywhere. Well, well you shouldn't. Really. I, I think a lot of time. Usually, people think of time together as doing something together, like going somewhere, right. obviously, and uh, some sort of an event or activity. And um, which I'm, I'm not against, but I, I think spending time together could be, you know, talking, playing a, a game, listening to music, um, um, making a podcast, listening mm -hmm. to a podcast. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of couples uh, seem to like to watch television together. You know, mm -hmm. when you, most couples, when you ask them what are some things they enjoy, it's usually, usually like they do like to go out to dinner or something, but... The home activities seem to be centered around, like a like binge like, watching like a binge, series right. or something, which I think is fine too. I think the only problem with that is I I don't uh, particularly with couples who have a hard time with uh, just communicating with each other and having a conversation. You know, you could easily feel. I think it can be a little bit of an illusion to think you're spending time together, but you're really not because you're really not interacting. So, I mean, I think like listening to a podcast or listening to a, like an audio book, you can stop it and like talk about it and um, share thoughts and feelings. People don't typically do that with television. Like they don't want to miss anything. Yeah. You know, like I talk too much when we watch TV. I'm oh. always asking, well, what? what? I thought that was our daughter. Oh, she gets it for me. Yeah. I don't feel like you do that. Oh, oh, it's been a while since we've watched. Yeah, we haven't. Show. We used to go to the movies a lot. Yeah. The apple way. Mm -hmm. You were very patient with me. No, you never threw anything at me or told me to shut up. <laughs> well, what's there to throw at somebody at a movie? Popcorn. Theater? Oh well, yeah, but I know I don't remember thinking that was a problem. But uh, okay. I'll have to be I'll have to pay attention to it next time. <laughs> <laughs> So is that also the love language stuff you always talk about? Uh, yes, I guess it relates to the love language. Um, well, I mean, as far as what um, getting is that a Gottman term? Like where does no? That's an from? that's a uh, there, there's a there's a there's a book um, oh, yes. love languages and so um, you know, I be, find that interesting when you always mention that. I think that's an interesting. Maybe we can read that book together or listen to it together because it really I, what I like about. <laughs> Did you just <laughs> sigh? Yes. Well, there's a oh, hello. there's an intruder. Um, I think it's important to know uh, what signals to you that you're loved, right? So um, I feel loved from you when you're actually playful and you're and you're paying attention to me and you're taking Sorry. care of me. Yeah. And that's not a lot. Like I I I I I feel loved when you're. Um, nurturing. Nurturing, yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, I, I do enjoy the uh, uh, affection part of, of <laughs> that. That signals to me that I'm, sure. I am feel, I feel love versus knowing you're loved, right? So, you know, I know that I'm loved by you all the time, but, like, that, you know, certain behaviors signal to me that I, yeah. I feel connected. More yeah, connected light up that part of the brain. Those signals are really important. Mm -hmm. I think yours is acts of service yes, because you say. you do seem to really like it when I um, when I when I perform services. tricks and and I sing and dance. <laughs> no, just taking out the trash and mm -hmm. helping me keep a order. That does mean a lot. And I think couples get into uh, problems when they try to uh, 
they just assume that, well, how they feel loved is how everybody feels loved. So. Yes, that is very true. I think that takes a while to get understand mm-hmm. in a relationship. Because yeah. you can get so in your corner. You can just be like, that's it. That's how it should be. Don't you get it? And then you know, have to kind of come out of that a little bit and be mm-hmm. a little bit more flexible, which can be hard for someone like me. I'm pretty rigid. It's kind of my mm. way of the highway sometimes. Mm. Mm. I feel like that's that's changed yeah. over the years. Yeah. I, mean, I think you and I both have our personality quirks that I feel like have softened over yeah. time. Although they say when you get really old, they come out and they're even worse. Mm. Uh-oh. I know. <laughs> poor nursing home attendant yes, that's exactly. going to be working with me. Uh, yeah, or poor children that will be hopefully visiting they us. They won't visit. <laughs> Sadie will visit. Sadie will visit. There's always that. Who yeah. will visit? Who will pay? Yes, Jack will pay. Maybe. <laughs> hopefully. Um, but as far as, like, uh, how do you feel Valentine's Day relationship stuff, um, love, all that plays into children and their development? And what do you see in your work as far as... Uh, well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious, obvious that people, if you're in this healthy relationship, which doesn't mean you don't express conflict in front of children, like, you have to watch how you do that, of course, and how much you expose them to. But then if they see that you can repair, make it up, it's really good for children to learn that there's a, there, you know, conflict is part of a relationship. Mm. But of course, a, a healthy home where there's love that's expressed and said, mm-hmm. you know, through actions and, and words, of course, will only nurture a positive sense of self in them, mm-hmm. sense of belonging, you know, uh, connection, right? So how much do you feel like you spend on talking about the climate in a home for a child, particularly between, I mean, you know, let's just, assuming that there's a relationship in the home, that a primary relationship, um, whether the, the, the child that you're working with comes from an intact family or a divorced family or a blended family or a single parent like you know do you do you feel like that's a big part of what you're talking about oh when i try to intervene mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah even developmentally even if they're supposed to be individuating like in adolescence they still need their parents they still need to reference that family uh environment and culture or whatever Mm-hmm. to be able to kind of understand themselves. I mean, that's where you learn how to be in a relationship. Right. It's from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I spend a lot of time helping kids reference that and try to work with families on understanding, I think, externalizing their issues away from that, their personalities or who they are, just kind of more about uh, the systems, I guess it's systems theory, would it be? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But just that idea that the family is its own thing. Right. It has to be treated with nurturance and attention, but also has to be a challenge to grow, you know, with every step, milestone that goes on. Or change, like a divorce or mm-hmm. whatever. And I, I just, I'm, I'm always in awe of of you and and what you do as far as well lots of things but when it comes to like working with kids i feel like when you're dealing with a dysfunctional family there's only it just seems to me like you're in a reactive 
like your, the work that you do with a child is like, well, how do you cope with that? And then how do you not allow that to become your frame of reference for a relationship? Because you can't necessarily change the family dynamic unless you're doing, I guess, family right. work, but typically right. like you're not right. You're working with the, the kid. I guess you can. Well, I, I think you can try to change the family. You can address it. Um, are you talking more about like how you can become overwhelmed by the, the challenges of well, the conflict? I just feel like if you're like if you're seeing uh, a kid and their parents are fighting and they're they're divorced and a lot of the stress that the in, in this kid's life is related mm -hmm. to their family and these other moving parts and you're not seeing the parents. Yeah. In in me, you know, you're not treating the, that. You're not intervening. Right. With, with you know helping those people you know co-parent or right. communicate you're essentially helping a child cope with that right. and hopefully i mean you know um you know that they that they when they don't i mean this is again like you know i don't know um i'm, I'm imagining like how do you steer somebody away from repeating things that they're shown in childhood right because people typically tend to just repeat what they know, but then for some reason there are those kids who grow up and though they just know instinctively that was unhealthy, that was wrong. I don't, I don't want to be in a relationship like that. So they may not necessarily know how to be in a healthy relationship, but their concept of an unhealthy relationship can often be the compass that guides them in the direction of a healthy relationship. Right, right. And a lot of that's like that reflective functioning that you have to develop, and like maybe that like. There's some therapy on um, how to develop that, but um, I think it depends on the kid too. Like a young kid who's in that kind of environment, and and I would always reach out to the family. I, it's not that I wouldn't try to educate the family on what their conflict mm -hmm. is doing to the child. I don't ever. I'm not one of those clinicians that just works with the kid alone. I think that's actually unethical because mm -hmm. you have to deal with the child. The child's within a family. Mm -hmm. whatever that family looks like um but anyways i think as they get older it's easier in the sense that like when they're younger you teach them to cope with it to have some perspective outside of it to attach to maybe healthier relationships reference those in their lives mm -hmm. um, not to internalize their family's conflict as something that they are to blame for because young children will blame themselves but then as they get older, you know, it's really great for adolescents because you can really use their relationships with like romantic partners or whoever to kind of um, rework their understanding if they have the seeds for that reflective function. They don't always have it because they're not quite developmentally understanding of why they do what they do. They're very impulsive, of course. But you can, I think, work with them maybe in group settings too, it can be done work on like communication and you know boundaries and like you know the the building blocks of a healthy relationship mm -hmm. so a lot of self-esteem stuff comes up it's right. like people not loving themselves and then they put themselves they get into these i hate to say put themselves because i don't think it's a conscious thing a lot of times you just get in these relationships you probably see this all the time where they're in unhealthy relationships the adult plants that you work with yeah and it's this lack of feeling worthy or that they should have more like that's probably the more common mm -hmm. symptom than anything 
Yeah, I, th- I do think it all comes back to the relationship that you have with yourself right. and how you talk to yourself, how you treat yourself, how yeah. you love yourself. Right. And most people don't think about that even conceptually. And when you when I bring it up in therapy, I, I do typically get this sort of like, well, you, know, you know, curiosity, but also sort of like a, a puzzlement about like, you know, this idea of being in a relationship with yourself. And I you can always draw a line between if somebody is hard on themselves and treats themselves poorly, they're almost always in a relationship with somebody who, who treats them that way. Or they are the one that treats others, right? Yeah. I mean, Maybe I more so the other way. I typically, I mean, I typically, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about like individual clients I work with mm-hmm. who are in unhealthy relationships and I'm not treating the relationship. I'm yeah. not treating them. And right. I, it is a, you're right. It is a self part, you know, self-esteem, but it is just like, well, if I don't, if I'm not going to treat myself well, well then yeah. why would I expect anybody right. else? Um, so um, I just feel like if you can help somebody love themselves in a healthy way, right? Cause right. you know, that doesn't mean, indulging yourself it doesn't mean right. you know it doesn't mean having love. some uh, messing up and being disappointed in yourself well, well it does it means being well it means being able to accept that that's what i mean yeah, yeah. like you can have that right and hate yourself for exactly your use it as an opportunity to grow and learn and and it you know and feel it's okay to feel badly about yourself i mean we should feel badly yes when we do things <laughs> yeah but not get stuck in right. that like the it's guilt like a and the shame right. yeah guilt and shame are the worst mm-hmm. they can, they're toxic you let keep them right and i think young kids young children if that's the job of a good enough parent right so it's never perfect it's good enough which is um, um I don't even know who the theorist said who came up with that. It should be Winnicott or Freiberg. I don't know. But I, they took, you know, that idea that you get enough. Sorry for not knowing. You get what you need most of the time. And if you can have that, then you internalize a sense of, of worthiness. Because mm-hmm. no parent's going to always be on and fully present, especially in a pandemic, especially with loss going on or whatever is happening. Right. But then I, I think the other, the flip side of that is you can make the argument that because of you, there's no such thing as a perfect parent and there's going to be, you know, along the way, a child at times is going to feel maybe unloved or yes. devalued, right. even from the best of parents. That's an opportunity for that child to learn to cope right. with that because life right. is going to be filled exactly. with lots of relationships right. where you're going to feel, right. I mean, devalued, whether it's a, at work or with a, peers or what you know so i think that's you know again right. it's yeah nobody comes unscathed exactly. from the parenting right piece of it yeah very mm-hmm. well-intentioned and parents do some hurtful things mm-hmm. so something's beeping it's my watch okay. it for some reason went to a workout mode um ah. so right now even though i'm sitting here <laughs> talking and not doing anything um it's it's recording it as an outdoor walk so i'm going to end that oh my you and your apple watches well it's weird like this watch for some reason tends to do things what did the last one do the last one the last one used to go tried to do your taxes (laughs) well no this this the last one just just like fell apart uh, but this one um, will occasionally go to voice mode where it just... It, oh, it, that's that one. Yeah. You it, had another one I thought that just like started randomly doing things. Um, this is the one that I've had the most technical issues with. So. Okay, sorry. Nobody wants to hear about that. <laughs> We're doing a tech show now. Um, but I do I do love my watch. 
You love your things. I love my toys. Um, <laughs> speaking of love, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, I want to maybe can we talk a little bit about love since it is Valentine's Day and you know. It, um, what have we been talking about? Love? We'll be talking about relationships oh. and but like like so what is love in your? I mean, I think love is a, is philosophical in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think it's uh it's you know uh, it's a personal thing. It's not like there's because I I've gotten that question before. Like you know, is it okay to you know be in a relationship and not feel passionate about my spouse or my partner? But mm -hmm. like you know. I feel like I love them, but I don't love them in the way that I supposed to love them. Because I think we are told by like media and, um, you know, our basic social structure, like love needs to look like this. And it doesn't always look like this. It's sort of like your body should look yeah. a certain way and it doesn't. And I think a lot of people in relationships oftentimes are struggling like, with this idea of that their love isn't quite good enough like they or they should be experiencing something else and i think that's a that's a that becomes problematic and i'm just curious to get your thoughts on that like you know um i think you're right i think it's personalized it probably comes from a lot of your experience growing up or like again your viewpoint of being loved and cared for maybe that's where the languages come in but yeah, I think it definitely changes. It's not what, it's not cookie cutter, right? Mm -hmm. It depends mm -hmm. on where people are at in their lives too, like right. the timing of everything. Because you could be so different 10 years ago and not connect with the person you're with now. Like if you met 10 years ago is what I'm saying. Yeah. You may not have connected because you were just in different times mm -hmm. of your lives. Right. Um, so it's not like, yeah, I don't know about that, like, one true love and you find them and that's that. I mean, I, I feel that way about you, but I'm just saying I don't think it's so easy. It's not a formula you just plug things into. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's true. You, I think what you're saying is that you can love – so you can fall in love with somebody and then, you know, just over time not feel that love yeah. or feel it differently. And things happen yeah. and people build up sometimes resentments and right. that gets in the way of right. – uh, loving and being loved and i think loving is it requires vulnerability yes and if you're if you have a wall built up and you're not allowing yourself to get attached then you're you know chances are you're not gonna right you're not gonna feel that um yeah to attach is this in the romantic or this way is very scary for a yeah, lot of people right especially people who have have had trauma yeah i mean that you hear all the time yeah that's it's really frightening to put yourself out sure. there. It's scary to be in a relationship and to be in love and to risk uh, being hurt, yeah. being abandoned. Yeah, a lot of people do lots of other things to avoid it. Yes, they do. Well, I feel like we got lucky because I feel like I married my best friend and Aww, love of my life. Too. And I feel like our love has grown over the years. It's like the the opposite of the cliche that you hear oh you know the old married couple and you yeah know. we we usually do everything the opposite yeah so uh not that i didn't love you uh you know almost 19 years ago when we met well um, we were very i mean you're nine we years were, older than me mm -hmm. shock everyone yeah everyone just threw up yeah but uh yeah. <laughs> all five listeners yeah all five yeah. Lost, well how's my math we lost two that would be three <laughs> No, but I, yeah, I, I think we were just very different and we've grown 
together. I, I think, um, I think for me, unconditionality, like that's, that's the thing. Mm, yes. Like you can be your worst self as long as you don't commit murder. But even if you do, maybe that person still you'd, loves you'd you. You'd visit right? me in prison. I would. <laughs> but it's also like for me, cause I'm so rigid and was very criticized growing up or at least felt that way that, um, being kind of accepted for my flaws is huge. Although I don't do it very well, probably, <laughs> which is a whole no, other I, I, I work on it, but yeah. I, you know, it's hard for me. You're like, you're a lot like Jack in that you have your, our son, you have a reaction and you have a, um, like an emotional response and then it, but it doesn't hang around. Like, you know, uh, yeah, I'm quick to let it go. Yeah. And he's the same way. Like, I mean, yesterday was a good example. He was upset about getting, going and getting his haircut and he had a temper tantrum, but it was, it, you know, once it was done, it was done. Yeah. Now, five minutes later, he had another one. No, he, he, <laughs> he, he was fine for well, a Well, Lisa, hours. I can tell him as you get older, there, there's more time periods between your tantrums. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a topic okay. for a future show. Tantrums. Tantrums. Adult mm -hmm. and Adult child. Adult and child. Yes. Well, well. What about you? So it's mm -hmm. just philosophical? Oh, I was hoping to get out of answering that question. Um I think it's, I think it's, I think it's multidimensional. I think it is philosophical. I mean, what is love? And there's, you know, it was this morning when, um, when we were playing, I was, you know, looking for music that had something to do with love. And it's like every song has usually about either being in love or heartache as a result yeah. of, of love. So it is such a part of the human experience that I think it is. I think it's philosophical. I think it sometimes it can be a, a choice. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's emotional, obviously. I mean, I have felt it's in, you know, you can't really describe love when right. you feel it, you know, and, and there's all kinds of different levels of love mm -hmm. and different types of love. Um, but you know, since today's Valentine's day, we're celebrating or supposed to be selling, celebrating romantic love and intimate love. I, I, I do. I think it's about allowing yourself to be vulnerable. It's about trusting that, that you, that someone is, is, not going to intentionally hurt you, uh, and that you will work stuff out because you love each other and and ultimately like each other. Yeah, that's I the think thing. Liking you have somebody, to like each other. you do really. You have to have that friendship, and you have to, in my opinion, you have to have. I think that's really true. Uh, I, I think, uh, you know, um, you hear like, um, you know, you don't. I don't. I mean, you, you hear oftentimes people who have have. You know, I've lost friends. You've lost friends, and sometimes friendships feel like breakups they feel yeah. like you could feel like a betrayal right. but um but typically i think in a in a romantic relationship if you have a strong friendship and you do like somebody you're much less likely to do something like really awful to right. that person and intentionally right well said hmm. well liz uh oh todd uh, <laughs> uh, i gotta change my name um, i think hello mm -hmm. Uh, can you do that in your 50s? Can you change your first you name? Love yourself, love your I, name. I love yourself, love your name. Good advice. Uh, a pleasure talking to you as always. As always. I'll talk to you in a minute from I'll now. I'll talk to you in a minute. And our son has just walked in again. Have so, any Valentine's Day wishes? Yeah, you anything have? you want to say, Jack, for Valentine's Day? To all five people listening. It has love in it. Jack told me of all the people that were in his heart. 
Do you want to re uh, repeat that, Jack? You told me earlier. I forget now. You forget all the people. Yeah. Sometimes you're... my heart. Sometimes my body grew. Yeah, we yeah. all forget. Mm -hmm. You're a very well, sweet. Boy. We were mentioned, and he mentioned pretty much everyone in the family. And Stuffy his Llama, his favorite. Toy. Oh well, Stuffy Llama was actually mentioned first before. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be in our tantrum show. My feelings. And about then, Mama, and then Dad, and then Your child Grandma, loving your stuffed animal. And then Charlie, and then. Oh. Mm. And then my friends. And your friends. You're a good boy. He's a sweetie, that one over there. It's yes. Sadie, but you know he kind of hides. And Sadie too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You All never right. know when the whole world is. All right. On that note. <laughs> All right. Happy Valentine's Day. Bye. Bye. Bye.